All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reasons. This is Geology coming back at you guys. It's Mike the Baptist. J-Mo. Yo, we have a table now. Like two episodes ago, we didn't have a table. Going back, trying to figure it out, man. You know, (laughs) this is is what we do. It's all about uh, testing. It's all about uh, trial and error. And so figuring it out, see what we have going on but i like this setup a lot better because yeah. it's more of a conversation I think my arms like this better <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so today we're going to talk about music music the uh you know what influences music does how does music influence the culture what's in the music we're listening to today and even more so how is music conveyed as worship and and I think that gets overlooked many times. We don't realize how much music is used as an instrument of worship. And in Scripture, it gives us uh, that insight into how music should be used as worship. Uh, and and uh, and so uh, so before I have, we, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, so um, you know, you having uh, a small child. Um, what was the first time that you kind of noticed that she? your daughter kind of gravitate towards music months, months right? I w- you know i would say in the first few months you play a little music um so music acted almost as a therapy mm. when when uh you know she was crying or she was having a colicky night uh, couldn't sleep you play music a certain tone of music for her to come down to relax mm. um uh to get her entertained to be able to even now that she's older to give her to get her to kind of cooperate even in some sense so we're driving and she's like having one of those moments where her emotions are just everywhere she didn't get what she wanted and you throw on uh, some music a, a soundtrack that she's familiar with and she'll just sing on the car w- ride home mm. and then that'll kind of sustain and just kind of uh mellow her out wow. And so, uh, so music has from an influence. From the beginning. From the beginning. <laughs> um, and, and even in some areas, you know, they'll talk about playing music when they're in the womb mm-hmm. to get them to get used to either the sounds or to get them to relax or to get them to cooperate or be active or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. music plays an interesting role in that That's as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, overall, music... Music is a good for all those things. And um, and there has been a lot of research. And, I mean, you can check it out on your own, anyone who's listening or anyone here at this table. Um, there has been research on music for at different uh, in different areas from Oxford University, Harvard, Stanford, Penn State, um, uh, University of California, you name it. There's a ton of universities that have done extensive research on music and um and and much of the research shows that music can be used in a very comforting Mm -hmm. in a very therapeutic way for medical purposes but it also has a spiritual Mm. aspect to it which we can get into in a little bit um but uh but if you're hearing us for the first time thank you so much for listening to us uh, hopefully you're checking us out on one of our platforms, whether that's uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, um, YouTube, uh, Instagram, even. Instagram. Check us out on Instagram. 
And so hopefully you're listening to us. You will spread the word about what we're doing on this podcast, and hopefully more listeners will tune in. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so, so for music, it says here from the, from the research, and I don't have a specific site, but just kind of putting all that, all the different uh, 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 research together, uh, patients, uh, it can help patients recover faster after surgery because it increases oxygen to the brain and blood flow to the brain. So it allows the, the body to respond better to treatment because the brain is stimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, it also influences the sense of hearing, which is linked to emotions mm-hmm. and memories. So in, in some cases, you know, for me growing up, my dad used to listen to, to uh, that trio music, the oh, guitar. Yeah. Uh, he used to listen to that growing up and I remember that and I have, you know, man, the last time I actually saw my father, I was seven years old and I still have the memories of that. And every time I play the music, immediately I think about him and immediately I think about, uh, a certain birthday party that I was at and everyone in the house was playing the, the, the music was playing and everyone was singing the music and they were dancing to the music and stuff. And even though my memories of my father weren't like tremendous, that always brings a smile to my face. And when I play it, I think of him when I'm playing it for my daughter. You know what I mean? And it just kind of brings you to that place. And, and uh, you know, people who have like Alzheimer's and, and those conditions, you play music and, 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 it, and, and memories can evoke and it can cause them to be stimulated by that. Um, I guess, uh, depending on the age of the person listening, if you ever seen the movie Coco? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the movie Coco? No. In the movie Coco, uh, Disney movie, I think it is, mm-hmm. um, it, it talks about, like, the land of the dead or whatever. Theologically, like, just not, like, on the same page. But the old lady in the movie has a condition where she's mm-hmm. basically, like, unresponsive to the people around her she doesn't speak she doesn't move she's just kind of in the corner waiting to die and then the kid comes in and he plays a song that her father used to play her Mm -hmm. and then in the movie obviously it's a cartoon movie but in the cartoon movie she goes from a state where she's just in the corner just ready to die to a state of where you see her eyes kind of coming up and she starts singing the song and after she sings the song, she recognizes everybody in the house. She's having dialogue with everyone. She's telling everyone stories. And it, like, revived her for that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, I realize that's a cartoon. But according to the research, um, music, if it evokes certain memories, can stimulate a very significant response in people with those kind of conditions. Um, particularly if you play a music. It says it actually can help prevent Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. If you if you uh, if you know how to play a musical instrument, um, now just kind of focusing back on on the research, some of the spiritual influence of music, um, rhythm and drum beats, play can place the listener. So in some of the uh, some tribal rituals, can actually place the listener into an altered state of mind as brain frequencies capture sounds and react distinctively to distinctively to the changes in tempo, pitch, and bass as it's delivered from the sensors into the ear. Mm. Now, if you ever worked out, if you've ever competed 
in any kind of sporting event, if you've wanted to just clean your house and get motivation for cleaning your house, you put on a song that's going to get you riled up, an 80s track or a rock song or a crazy, you know, rap, rap track. Suddenly you have like an energy and you got this bounce. And then suddenly, you know, if you're in the gym, you're hitting your chest, you're like, yeah, you know, you're just hitting the weights. You need the music to motivate you or to get you in an altered state of mind so that you have the motivation to move. So like all music is 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 um, is different, but it has the capability of putting you in a different mood. So different types of music are not all equal in the sense like um, not to say one is better than the other sure but functionally um i don't see myself putting death metal on someone that's on the death deathbed you know what i mean for whatever reason so it, I, might, it, it might they, it might up, you know what I'm wake them up <laughs> with shock you know no who knows you know i'm not sure. i'm not knocking death metal for anybody that listens to that but Let's do it. um uh th- the reality is that um f- different frequencies do play a, a certain role kind of like you mentioned like mm-hmm. if you're in the gym you're gonna play something that's um very motivational um if you ever listen to some spanish um like for me like some salsa music or something i don't really dance too good you know um <laughs> but for whatever time i hear it even if i don't want to dance i find my my foot kind of moves make moves he's just like yeah yeah you know that i'm the best chair dancer you know One yeah boy dancers that, um that once they stand up it's like combobulated and stuff but um the reality is it's unconscious i don't want to move i don't want to do any of those things but nor does I, your body really yeah no, no no yeah um but it's one of those things where the music has movement and energy um i remember seeing on um you can find this on youtube you can find this in different sources but different frequencies actually have different um power like sure. uh with meaning patterns um yeah. so on YouTube, there's a video where they put granulated sand on a frequency board and they hire the frequencies to different frequencies. And the amazing thing is that it has a pattern, right? Mm. Um, and then it starts off with the lower frequencies. It starts off um, kind of being uh, real simple, um, but everything is very perfect. It's almost like a snowflake mm. in perfection. And then as the frequencies go up, the sand shifts automatically. He keeps. Oh, keep yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Um, You've seen that, right? I've mm-hmm. seen that. Yeah, yeah. I think but, they have that even at the cra- science centers. Yeah, but what's crazy is that the higher the frequency goes, the more complexity the thing. Yeah, so you see it just like. Exactly. So it starts becoming way more complex right. depending on the frequency. So um, I heard from, from a, a particular person uh, as a pastor, and he, he does a lot of studies on, on music. He showed that particular yeah. uh, scene uh, in, I guess, in YouTube to really to kind of show um, that not all music is kind of created equal. So kind of like you were saying that the drum beats and, and things like that mm-hmm. have the capability of putting a person in a trance um, uh, or it's kind of like geared that way. He says, and he's real funny, the, 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 the preacher, but he was basically saying that um, to evoke thought usually has com- the complexity of the music is more intense. So he was saying like classical music. And then he made a joke and was like, do you mean the type of music that smart people listen to? <laughs> and, and, and if you think about it, it got me thinking, I'm like, that's 
wow, that like if you ever see somebody that's trying to really um, they even it's probably even proven right in some regards. I don't know the exact facts, but um, that when you play classical music and you're trying to study, you probably your retention is probably somewhat mm -hmm. better, you know, mm -hmm. uh, compared to other types of music. The only difference between that and let's just take uh, hip hop for another thing. Um, different functions, but this this preacher was saying that you know, um, hip hop in in the general is it's the complexity is becoming less and less complex. So the reason I asked your daughter too earlier is that your daughter listens to really like if you notice like the type of shows that she watches is very very the beat is very 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 mm -hmm. easy to go along. Yeah. And you listen to a lot of music, modern music. Um, it's all repetition. It's all similar things with just a beat over it. So rather than being like way more complex, going from the 60s and 70s to full-on bands, I mean, you like think orchestras, of, yeah, just you like think hundreds of, of instruments. You think of, I'm not, I'm not condoning any of these people that I'm going to mention. I'm just I'm mentioning them just to to show that they right. had a band, basically, Prince. Uh, the world loves this guy, but he had a band, you know, different, like the reason I mentioned him in particular is, is, is that he was well known and you wouldn't think that he actually is one of the best guitarists of all time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so they're, they're trained musicians, but now you fast forward to, to modern times, you see the complexity mm -hmm. kind of degrading, you know, in some, in some regard, in some I, regards, I, I, of course you're going to have, but specifically we kind of like with hip hop and, yeah. and I mean I think I think even in in the in the hip hop circles or even you know the what is used for some of the the platforms to make the beats they are far more complex than just the simple drum they're using drum frequencies 5 10 15 to just create a certain beat um to set a certain mood and and you know when I'm picking a, a playlist for a party or or to study, or if I need time to just think, or to whatever I'm, I'm trying, my attempt to, to accomplish, whatever I'm attempting to accomplish, my playlist will have a certain feel to it. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it based on artists, I do it based on feel. Mm -hmm. How does it sound? How does it make me feel? What mood does it set in, in the room? And it may set a different mood for me than it does for you, but the complexities of it, um, you know, I think I think there is some truth in what you're saying because the instrumentation is is less, but the what actually goes into making the beats could be even more complex. Um, you know, and I know um, from the kind of going to the back to the tribal thing, uh, uh, the drum beats in in any many tribal rituals are used to place people in hypnosis and to summon spirits and. Um, and to and to put people in an altered state of mind in order to accomplish X, whatever that spiritual ritual is. And th that's just the reality of, of what music is used for in, in different places. We talked about just now in a few m minutes, music is used to calm down a child. Mm -hmm. Music is used to... Uh, you know, get a child to cooperate. Music is used to help us work out. Music is used to help us study. Music is used to help patients heal or for therapeutic reasons. 
music is used to evoke memories and help people who have difficulty with memories or 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 suffering from certain conditions be revived music can be used to hypnotize music can be used to uh to to uh insert subliminal messaging you you get people to focus on the beat and focus on the rhythm and then Mm -hmm. you can just hit with subliminal messaging in the background music is used um uh, to uh, to put people in altered altered state of mind for any any number of reasons, and so just in a few moments we I think can all come to a consensus that these are the things that music is mm-hmm. is used for. Now I you know I think the 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 question is how does music influence the culture from a from a from a genre impacting culture standpoint, but also. Um, what is music wh- what can music ultimately be used for in terms of worship and so forth um i think of music in the form of like art because music is art mm-hmm. it's it's a, like poetry with also rhythm and things like that um i heard a, a person say once um you can see the condition of a culture depending on the art so if the art is grotesque then what does that say about the culture correct so if you examine, I mean, in my short life, <laughs> you know, I see, it seems like every decade there's a wave, right? Um, but you see music evolve, and that's something that anyone can see. Right. You know, you can, you go from uh, a disco era, you go from, uh, to disco era to, to maybe a grunge, uh, grunge era to, uh, you know, alternative, mm-hmm. alternative to maybe a classic hip hop. And it doesn't take away from, from, um, the art from of it. from like the creative all other arts sure. that are still in function like there's there's mm-hmm. light rock at all stages of these things it doesn't take away from it but what i'm talking about is the main focus of mm-hmm. a, a generation mm-hmm. kind of changes so like there was a time where it was only grunge music but that was the main number one hits were all grunge you know yeah so 80s. yeah like uh late 80s early 90s you know uh but Things evolve, and so like modern state is like I, I wouldn't even know honestly what if it would be mumble rap or it would be some some type of thing I don't know, um, but you can you can the reason I say all this is you can kind of see the type of um, things that you listen to is really the a reflection of the condition of the culture. Yeah, or the genre of music influences the culture. So yeah. you know we we talk about styles of dressing mm-hmm. um social orientation so how people interact or how people speak so if you think growing up uh as we did you know in high school and so forth mm-hmm. you have like the skaters over here and the and those who were classified as skaters or or rockers right they dressed a certain way they wore certain brands of clothing they wore certain brands of shoes they grew their hair in a certain way they spoke in a certain way and they listened to a certain kind of mm-hmm. music um, and then you have, you know, the hip hop kids, the same thing. You know, we wore at that time baggy clothes, you know, baggy shirts, baggy as baggy as you can possibly imagine shirts and pants. I don't know why we did that, but we did. Um, and and our and our our slang terminology was very specific for the genre and the culture that was was evolved around that genre of music. Um, the way we spoke, the the you know the our mannerisms were all influenced by the culture that's true but the culture was impacted by 
the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 we see that we see that across the board. You know, we see that uh, now as you get older, those lines and those and those and those uh, those associations start to to fade a little bit because you can have a room full of people who are dressed, you know, in corporate office attire, suit, tie, whatever it is that the that 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 looks like. And you ask, everyone's having lunch, everyone's talking, everyone's mingling, everyone's having a good time and relating to each other. But if you ask everyone at that table, what kind of music do you listen to? You're going to get very different mm-hmm. responses because when they're home, they do something different. But in front of you, you know, th- those lines of, of like the dressing and the, and the social and all that, that, that kind of goes away the older you get because you mature a little bit to be able to, 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 to socialize with people who are not exactly like you. Mm-hmm. However, music absolutely influences the culture in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally, your friends are related to those areas of, of, of your culture. The way you dress, the way you speak, the music you listen to um, impacts, impacts the people you hang out with. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Um, now, before we started recording, John and I were sharing our, our playlist with each other. Um, and my playlist is like so... Di- is so I mean, diverse is I got Johnny Cash on there. I got, um, you know, I've got uh, some 80s joints. I've got, uh, uh, you know, what you would deem worship music. Right. I got uh, hip hop, Andy Mineo, Lecrae. Um, and then, you know, you throw in there some, you know, some just some some breakdancing music, like pure 80s. No, no, no lyrics, just bounce, 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 you know, and. And, uh, Sanford and Son, yeah, check. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I've got a uh, 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 what is it? Uh, the Last Samurai soundtrack on oh, there. That's dope, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just have a, a huge range because at any moment, the way I feel is going to influence what I listen to. Mm. And um, and so, I have a quote here by David Newman, and my boy G. Uh, I think you remember David Newman or Brian, so. Brian Newman, Brian, Brian. Newman. So Brian Newman, he talked about music. He had that conference on music. He was like a musician, and he did a whole like s- conference series, like like twenty hour conference series on music, mm-hmm. everything from from uh, instruments, how it influences you, to how to compose music, to how to make music on a thing. Like it just broke it down. Um, and and this is a quote from him. He says. Our senses tap into our emotions. So he's talking about smell, taste, touch, sight, and sound. Smell, taste, touch, sight, sound. He says our senses tap into our emotions, desires, memories, and decision-making. As people, we are influenced through these avenues. Our brain stores information we obtain from our senses for the rest of our lives. The more garbage we store the more filthy we become. What is your interpretation of, of what he's... I mean, it's... Uh, to take into consideration that, it's something that happened to me a while back. How I see that is basically... I remember when I was going through my rough patches. So I was... Just became a Christian. So I was born again and... I had this falling out during this one time. So 
I started listening to a lot of uh, political rap. Um, those of you who don't know, like Immortal Technique, that type of thing, <laughs> like against the government. <laughs> um, I started listening to like very Fight the pig. <laughs> like heavy things like um, like there's reptilians in the world and the conspiracy and all that. And like Mike can attest to this. I had that mindset start establishing. So that started shaping me or mm-hmm. what I thought. And I saw that all as a, as me shifting, like I was shifting or pushing aside and putting in more and more and more stuff that was literally just garbage. It was things that would just reshape the way I was as a total, but it also shaped not only as I was, but who surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. So I would stop mm-hmm. focusing on hanging around, talking to Mike, and I would just go and look for people that believed in what I believed in, like you guys were mentioning before. But in the sense, it was literally, I was adapting that whole outlook of how things were talked about or how they portrayed something. So I started picking that up and that just started pouring out and my life became more destructive. Mm. It's, if you think about it, it you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a platform to preach mm-hmm. music. And and that's what they're doing. If you think about some of the most popular music today, not all music, but some of the most popular music, the 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 subject matters that are, that are being addressed, even if even if they're talking about, let's say, you know, some of the issues in politics, right? Let's say that that is the, that is the main subject. All of the pieces that are leading into that subject have this uh, part of it: um, the acceptance of lust or pursuit of lust. You have the promotion of adultery, the love of money, the obsession with acquiring material possessions, the promotion of drug use, uh, the acceptance and promotion of violence and racism uh, or, or, uh, or any other worldview, right? So if, if you hold a particular worldview, using music to communicate that worldview, you know, same-sex relationships, um, or, or uh, you know, or, or, or a sensuality or anything you want to push through that, through that medium of music, that's what you're going to do. Rebelling against the government. Uh, rebelling against other authority like parents or the church. Um, promotion of false religion. So you have, you know, so many uh, uh, ideas out there about, about uh, God and about, um, you know, not being anti-god like like the beatles and rolling stone and a lot of these popular groups that came up in the 50s 60s and 70s that are being are continuing to be pushed heavy on the culture today because the message they're communicating is to be anti-god anti um uh uh uh, jesus really we are god mentality right right uh bringing the attention on self you know five percent messages and so forth Mm -hmm. um uh there's demonic language and themes used in music i know if you listen to uh some of the some of the old school salsa and and uh and and even like the afro-cuban jazz and all that you listen to some of the the names that oh, they put yes. on the instruments. No, no, I know. Those are santerismo, like big yeah. time. Even lyrics, um, right? Like uh, there, there was uh, one, probably the most famous of salsa singers. He had, uh, if I translate it in English, um, he's like, um, basically, if you're not afraid to break a coconut, and I'm like, 
I don't know what that means. That, like if I translate it verbatim from Spanish to English, but in reality, he's talking about, you know, um, Santeria where, you know, I said that Matt White. Santeria. <laughs> Santeria. <laughs> no, but um, so so there's a lot of like, I think, conscious, like on the surface things. But if I had to, if I, if you, I don't know if you guys can, I'm going to, I'm going to do something real quick. Do it. G, I'm watch him because I don't know what I'm he's going do. to say a phrase and I want to see if you're able to uh, finish my statement. I don't know, G. Um, <laughs> are you ready? Okay. The best part of waking up. The best part of waking up is folders in your cup. How do you know that? Because the repetition of the commercials. No, but the reality is like exactly what I kind of want to talk about is, is nobody trained you to learn that. And there's probably a lot of viewers that are young in the younger. They're like, than "What us. is Folgers?" They don't even know. <laughs> they Starbucks. don't even know because they grew up in a different era. And yeah, right, not, right, right. There's nothing right. wrong with sure, that. Sure, sure. But but the fact that you know that without you knowing that, so there's a level within in even marketing that oh yeah that uses music. So the best part of waking up. How do you know that? Sure. It's a subconscious thing. So it's there's like the McDonald's, like ba 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 ba. Yeah, I'm you, loving it. You hear that automatically. You already know. You was like, man, I want a double cheeseburger. And now I you, don't. Now you're I hungry. don't. By the way, no, I don't. Hungry, I don't either. But I'm good. <laughs> but the, that's the reality. So there's there's conscious things like you were saying that are yeah. there are blatant messages. Sure. Um, and then there's also subconscious things. I wouldn't know what he's talking. That salsa singer was talking about if I didn't do research exactly. of what a breaking a coconut means. And and the thing so, about that is. Whether you're aware of it or not, it's still influencing you. It's still impacting your life. So even if you don't know that – so, for example, perfect segue, right? So, for example, I go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Don't eat McDonald's. But when I, if I go to McDonald's and I eat a double cheeseburger or I go to the, I go to the window, I'm like, let me get you double cheeseburger. You instantly regret it. <laughs> let me, no, no, no. It's like, let me get double cheeseburger, no cheese. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm on dairy-free, you know, no yeah. cheese. What you may not know is that the bun itself may have dairy byproducts that make up the bun. Hence, if you have a dairy allergy, you might still be influenced by the bun. Even though you didn't know it, you still consumed it. It still will affect your body. That doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Just because you're, you're ignorant to what you consume doesn't mean it's not going to impact you. If anything, you, I, I, th I would think it would be worse so, like, if you listen to a type of music without hearing the lyrics and then you're the type of individual that says, oh, that doesn't define me or that doesn't. Or if you choose, like, you're blatantly choosing ignorance to not know what the lyrics say. It doesn't mean those lyrics don't have power mm -hmm. or into your subconscious. Kind of like what marketing would do. Like, 100%. I just want to create a jingle. Ba -ba 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 -ba, and automatically, every time you hear that. It's ingrained. It's ingrained, and your subconscious, if you are the type of person that wants to go to McDonald's, will, might be influenced into it. Well, I went to school for marketing, and yep. that was a big thing was subliminal marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, anytime you have, you know, and we talked about this in past episodes, you know what I'm saying? You have, like, your Coca-Cola or something kind of there in the, sh in the scene. You may not want desire Coca-Cola right then, but that subliminally is implanted in you, so maybe next week you're going to want a Coke. In the very same way, what you're saying, that's true. Um, you consume it, it impacts you. And, and the, the ignorance piece doesn't necessarily save you from not knowing. So I remember preaching about the music topic years ago. And uh, I did two things. One, I had played, um, 
I had played a track in the background in the beginning of the message. And you remember that? Yeah, I played like a like an instrumental track and it was very low. And as I continued to preach like the first few minutes, the track just got like louder and the music got like more, you know, just got like more powerful. And as I'm talking and I'm moving, everyone is like feeling the preaching more. Like you see them just like kind of getting out and they're like, you know, they're just doing like that. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then me, as I'm talking, I just feel like I'm more powerful. But it has nothing to do with it was just the music just kind of drove everyone to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I did that as an example to say, look, everyone felt differently when the music was playing. And everyone started laughing. They were like, yo, it's true. So I did that. And it visibly showed how music can influence reaction. But the second thing I did was, because it was in a church setting, a lot of the misconception of the, of the, of the, of the youth of that congregation was, well, I still listen to the songs that uh, are of the culture, right? I listen to music of the culture, right? But, um, but at the time, it was trying to give a reality check to everyone to say, um, you know, just because you listen to the songs of the culture that doesn't have like curse words mm-hmm. or something doesn't mean that the lyrics might not be bad or wrong or so I, I gave an example and I know this is a super old example only if you're my age you really know who I'm talking about but um but Ludacris he has a lyric and there's no curse words in it and lyric says bang bang kill a man let his brains hang and when I'm in the court plead guilty in saying so when I'm in the so when I'm in uh so when I'm in the court I'm gonna have to maintain Oh, no. So when I'm in the ward, so in the psych ward, I'm going to have to maintain. So when I hit the streets, ain't nothing changed. Basically, he's giving you a playbook on how to get away with murder. Kill a man. Let his brains hang. When you're in the court, plead guilty and saying they're going to put you in the ward for a little bit. Maintain when you go in the street ain't nothing changed. What in the world? And you you ingest that you eat that and it just kind of ingrained in you, ingrained in you, ingrained in you. And as you're as you're. As you're listening to these things, acceptings of lust, adultery, you know, there is no God, uh, you know, do what you feel, that I am God, you know, uh, 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 the world hates me, cut myself, no one loves me. And you start to listen to the, all this music. It's impacting you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because, I mean, we grew up in hip hop um, and I can attest to this. Um, I started listening to hip hop really young, maybe 10, 11, because before that I listened to you know, when you're when you're younger, you don't really have. You're trying to find yourself. So I didn't really. I went through this rock phase. I don't know if you remember. I, I remember all I your had, phases. I had like my bro. hair like. <laughs> I remember all his phases for like two weeks, and then I was just like, "No, nah, this ain't for me. I'm, I can't hang with these." This people. man used to call me when he bought a new album. He's like, "Yo, you gotta listen to this," and it was like the worst lyrics ever. <laughs> but we were like, yeah. "Yo, this is so dope." Yeah, yeah. But the re- the reason I mentioned that is um, there was a particular artist that I had an emotional attachment to only one song. And that person was able to speak to me later. So even to this day, I can quote lyrics, even if I don't want to, it's in my mind. And so the reason I say that is uh, there's a lot of people that might be thinking that music doesn't really have an effect on them. But one song, and it's always the innocent song. So mm. for those that like rap music, you know that it might be different different from different generations. Mm-hmm. But in my time, the album that they played on the, ra- the song that they played on the radio, 
was nothing like the individual no, when you bought the CD. Nothing. So it might be different because nowadays what you have is what you get. It's but the it, best song it, on the album. It's the best, right. but at, at the time, it was a little more censorship. Right. Um, so the reason they would do that was to entice you with something that was sweet. Uh, not sweet, but like a little bit more wholesome. Mm. So you'd be like, oh, it's not so bad. And then when you buy the CD, the message that the artist really wanted to portray in you. So the reason I say That's all true. of that is because there's a lot of people that might like one particular song, but that's only an opening door to that particular artist speaking to you years down the future. That person ha can... Put um, put any type of messages in their song, and you will be a little bit more receptive because of that previous mm. song that you had that emotional attachment with. You know, that's true, that's true. And you know, in uh, Psalm one thirty five verse three, it says, "Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Celebrate His lovely name with music." Mm. Music is designed to bring to remembrance, bring us in the mood, give us therapy for the purposes of worshiping God, to bring to remembrance his word, his promises, to, to put us in the mood, to, 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 to get us refocused, draw our, our attention back to him, to, um, to stimulate the memories of, you know, through the lyrics um, of his goodness to draw us to want to worship him. And in many verses throughout scripture, it talks about instances where the believers were playing music, dancing and celebrating. David uh, was someone who, you know, would do that openly, dance, played instruments in worship to God, just like all out praise we love you god thank you that was a form of worship that is that's not deemed um the only form of worship but that is a form of worship right um and and my fear is that in, mu in much of what we do on a on a on a day-to-day -day basis whether we know it or not the same example eating mcdonald's eating whatever food whether you know there's your dietary restriction is in the food or not, it's still going to impact you after you eat it, period. I feel like a lot of the activities that we do, whether it has to do with music or it has to do with any other form of entertainment or art, movies, um, uh, places that we attend, whatever, my fear is that we're... we're almost devoting those spaces and that mindset and our senses to worshiping something or someone other than the one true God. And, and I've seen people who were once, even people who led worship at churches, I can see when they are just so knee-deep in other forms of worship, outside of that, you can see, and I've ha seen people actually fall away from the church, not necessarily because the music impacted them, but their decision to now start to, 
to receive and ingest and enjoy other forms of worship led them away from the one true God. Does that make sense, kind of what I, what I was just saying? Yeah, yeah. It kind of brings me to like a, a Bible verse that says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, mm. continue to think, uh, think of those things. Um, gee, I asked you a question. I don't know if you remember. I think it was a couple uh, weeks back. But I asked you, in the occult realm, uh, do you remember? Like in the occult realm, is there music? You yes, remember? I remember. Um, I was just going to. Wait until you guys finish. The no, no, go, 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 go. I was waiting for uh, you, man. I was like, cause, ah, because <laughs> the cults, it's it's very different. I came from uh, my dad. He would like playing uh, when I was a kid. Um, I grew up, even though my parents were strictly very into the church. My dad had like the best 80s collection <laughs> or 70s collection. So he had like Abba. Hmm. He had like Queen. What? He had like all the the classics that you consider classics. So I got raised in that sense. And when I would keep shifting, but I would see music, I wasn't stuck to one genre as a mm -hmm. whole. When I got to, <laughs> when I got to, I would say high school, I started getting more into uh, hip hop. So, but by that time, I already was slowly getting into more or even deeper into the occult. So I started noticing some similarities of things that were being said. So the subliminal messaging that you guys were talking about. Mm. Like, I didn't see it just as simple words. I saw it as spells. Mm. So a person can say a sentence, and that sentence will linger within you, and it will keep being preached on during the whole... So like, it's like the common theme of whatever the song correct. is trying to portray. So you have, say, for example, um, Jay-Z, Lucifer, Light of the Morning, and we can go back to, like, the, the Illuminati days where it's, like, being researched. Just, even if you finish, sorry, to, uh, don't lose your train of thought. But when you finish the lyrics, it says, Lucifer, dawn of the morning, we're going to kick you out of earth. Yeah. Uh, in the Bible, Lucifer didn't get kicked out of earth. He got kicked out of heaven. So, in reality, it's kicking out you out of earth to exalt you back in heaven. So, that's pretty interesting. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy exaltation of the demonic, But little for sure. things that are subliminal you wouldn't even get. Or until you do your research, yeah. right. But I would see them all as spells. And for me, it was like, uh, I don't remember exactly if it was Marilyn Manson or if it was um, Ozzy Osbourne who said, we are gods. Mm -hmm. So when you chant and you have that euphoria, it's basically they're getting worshipped. But they're giving you a message so that they can ultimately get worshipped in the sense. But also they're feeding you what they believe. Mm -hmm. So I was encountering things where you have the Beatles, where no one knew who Aleister Crowley was at the time, but you have these religious people on their album covers. You have Aleister Crowley in a little corner, and he's basically just teaching them all, all the satanic and Luciferian like doctrine, and they're just feeding it to us in a nice little like wordplay. Mm -hmm. And yet the instrumentals will be all good. I had people um, tell me how, or even documentaries, I don't know, if you saw that one with Bill Schnoblin, where he's talking about, or even Jason, uh, not Jason, uh, John Todd, oh, where he that. said that once they're done recording, without the artist sometimes knowing, they usually will get the master. Uh, the master, yes, correct. And then like witches, and they'll recite a spell over it. Or so even the language was written in uh, their language. Correct, yes. The song. So there's basically a spell all over it. So you can, like you guys were saying, it's all subconscious. So even though you're not abiding to it, it's still affecting you. And the strongly. purpose would be really is the agenda. We had a previous podcast. Check it out if, if you guys 
didn't catch it, but it was on the um, the New World, right? It was yep. on the, the uh, what do you call it? The, the New Age. New Age. New yeah. Age. Check out that episode of New Age and The Occult. Check out both of those episodes. But New Age, and specifically, we talked about kind of like the main mission. Mm-hmm. So the reason they would, they all have common themes, different artists. You could just plug in the different artists with the same common theme of doing whatever you want. It's because they're all, the main agenda was always that new, new age. Correct. So right. just the, the the same. I don't know if you guys saw Maturian Candidate. Yeah, yeah. I saw the, the new Washington. one. Yeah, yeah, not the old one. I yeah. probably have, but I don't remember. But they, they're. It's a good uh, example of a sleeper agent. So they'll usually bombard you with information, so that you're not fully aware. But then they'll like put you to sleep, so that when they have a trigger, uh, trigger word, trigger song, something like that, everything comes flooding back. So you're getting bombarded years down the line, your generations, everything. You're listening to this music. You think it's not like something big, but yet there's going to come this point in time where they're going to start putting in more songs or certain words or certain instrumentals. And then your brain is just going to be like, wait a minute, this reminds me of this. And then you're just going to fully engage or fully be adapted. So a good example is when you're watching a thriller or watching a horror movie, you're just watching it. But then all of a sudden, usually it's like, dung, dung. And then you're just like, oh, someone's about to jump out. You already know someone's about to jump out. But they keep you in track. You're, you're aware of what's going on. And then, boom, it happens. And then all of a sudden, this music starts happening. Or like where you guys It were puts saying, you in that certain mood, right? Correct. Yeah, it right. It puts you in that mood. And that's just what's happening. It's been going on for years, since the days of, like, Egypt. This has been, like, consi- uh, consecutive. They used to say that... Um, especially in the cult, that uh, Lucifer was in the right hand or the right, um, he used to lead worship. In so heaven, he know, right? Yes. So he knows what in influences heaven? people. Correct. Yeah, just in heaven. Yep. So when he came down, that was like his main platform. So this is before the fall of Lucifer. Correct. In his position in heaven, right? Correct. And he knows what influences people. So the best way to trigger it is some the way he basically led worship, which was, you direct it straight to me or direct it straight to the person, quote unquote, that is supposedly just feeding information. And, you know, that is huge because music in many cases doesn't have language in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I could listen to an Italian opera and not think anything about the lyrics because the opera just sounds so amazing the talent like i'm drawn to to the to the to the skill of it it's just amazing and i'm just in awe of it have no idea what they're saying right don't know what they're feeding me until i do my research and i can come in accord you know in accord with what what's being said or rejected or whatever is happening um you know but uh but you know even the motivation of why people make music Yes. We don't know the motivation of people to make music unless it becomes apparent. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that had happened a lot in in, within the past 10 years were um, was the discovery of the things that G was saying. So like seeing the album covers of uh, of the Beatles album covers and seeing Aleister Crowley or seeing Aleister Crowley on um, uh, on Michael Jackson album covers or any other album cover. You start to see that they're telling you this is who influenced us this is the reason why we made music when you hear the lyrics you hear people you hear them throwing at you what and the reason and why and what they're doing 
And it's no wonder why in our last episode we talked about, you know, why is there less attendance in church and what's happening with the response of the culture to the church and all that. It's no wonder why people are not uh, a part of of a church community because the worship that we're giving to are to other gods. And when it's time to devote time to worship the one true God, it's difficult. You know, you're bombarded by all other forms of worship to all other gods, and it's very easy to get into that place. But when you have to get into the place where I need to worship the one true God, dedicate time to speak to him, to love on him, to it's difficult. I just can't find the 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 motivation. I can't find the reason. I just ah, it's not it's not in me. I, I I'll give you guys a, a, just a quick example. Um, before I became a Christian. Um, and before I say this, um, this is my personal experience. So this is, uh, true to really what happened to me. Okay. Mm. Um, before anybody says whatever I'm going to say as fantastical or, um, coincidence or whatever. But, uh, when I was younger in high school, I used to listen to nothing but hip hop music. Um, and I remember my mother buying me the CD player and the CD player was fine. But it came to a point where I was kind of wrestling. God was already tugging in my heart to kind of serve him. I didn't know how or what that meant. I didn't know about any churches to go to. My family only attended church on um, New Year's. Like holiday, yeah. New Year's and on vacation um, when we traveled to Chicago. Um, But other than that, at that time, like, so I had a relationship with God knowing me looking back now, me talking to God in prayer. Uh, but still not knowing what that meant. And I would listen to, I remember at the time they had, um, I don't know if you remember this. This is how old. Uh, at the time, there was a, a, a thing where you could get multiple CDs by uh, publisher, clearing house, not clearing house, uh, one of these publisher, um, like uh, for, for like music, you, you basically the CDs that you would want, you had to, you could get 11 for the price of one. <laughs> So my sister and me uh, and I were like, she was like, oh, what? <laughs> of course, it's my older sister. So she was like, I'm going to get nine CDs and you're going to get two. So whatever two CDs you want, think, you know. So she got, the, she got the nine, I got the two. But I remember watching, this is how influenced I was. Like, I remember just flipping the channels and there was this uh, Christian rock band um, at the time, DC Talk. Um, ah, for shout those, out to DC for those Talk. that know who that is. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, like that, that song's pretty good. So let me buy that album. But then let me, I forgot what other album I bought, but let me get another secular album, yeah. which was what I wanted. To balance my life. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, God, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'll get that because it sounded really, really good. Um, so I played it when I would be in my room after I got the CDs brand new. Um, it would play, but at times it wouldn't play. So it got to a point where it progressively got worse. Um, so the CD would only play Tupac. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, Terror Squad. All those Bassies CDs, but 100% of the time. So it got to a point where I already knew is that the CD, like every time I would play that Christian album, the CD player wouldn't work. It would just say error. It'll just spin and spin. <laughs> and I looked at it. I was like, hey, there's no scratches. I would, you know, I, it would play in different sources and stuff. But when it would be in my room in, in the CD player, like, it uh-uh. would work. So 
you know, for those that, that, that will listen to this and say, oh, wow, that's coincidence. But there was a lot of spiritual things going on in my life mm. at that time. Uh, different things of me, you know, demons covering my mouth in the middle of the night. So to me, it was a spiritual thing. So for whatever reason, it didn't want me to listen to a certain type of music because it wanted to keep me in bondage. But God in his sovereignty already knew it didn't matter what the what the enemy tried to do to me. Mm. I eventually I was going to serve him, serve God. I mean, Jesus. So uh, there's a lot of people out there. They might not think that it affects them. But like, you know, those subliminal messages are in there regardless. You know? Yeah. Um, to add to that, uh, I, there's something I like telling people, which is uh when you start looking at music as uh, just simply entertainment, then it does, it's not entertainment, it's entertaining. Meaning it's literally just putting you, it's controlling you, so to speak. So what just is like it? Enter to detain, right? Entertaining, like it's you're oh, yeah. entering being controlled. Um, but to, 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 to detain somebody is to what? To arrest. No, right? I wasn't saying detain. No, no, I, I know. Yeah. But to, to, to detain you, to detain you is yep. to arrest you. To enter you is to enter you. So to do arrest, if you think about even the entertainment, the word right. entertainment right. is to detain, to enter. Right. So it's pretty interesting. Go, sir. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, music as a whole, it's just, I've always seen it um, with forces behind it. Never just simple things. So... I encountered this a lot, especially we all had that phase when we just uh, become born again, where we have the whole pack of CDs or like it's on your iPod. Like for me, it was just like CDs and iPod, so, but I had an iTouch. This is when iTouch first came out. So I remember just like coming out of church and just like delete, delete, or like CDs, <laughs> I like, that. rip, 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 because you just listen to the one song. Like you for me, knew. for example, it was uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I listened to one song, and I was just like, nah, boom. Like, just ripped the CD. And, like, I deleted everything. And then yet, you're, oh, you see people within the church, like, years later on, I see that still, which is people that just become born again, they, they have this honeymoon phase. And then after a while, they start dumb, uh, dulling down. And then they're like, uh, they'll go to, like, a band camp or something like that. And they're like, artists that are like, Tupac or something, and then they'll see like, oh, Andy Minio, and then they'll listen. There's like something still different. I like him, but something's still left out. But I've always seen it entertaining because you, the the music of the world or what we deem as like worldly music, it feeds the flesh. So that road uh, that road is broad, while you have the narrow road, which is worshiping to God. Like everything is derived to worship God, and it's something we're we stripped away worshiping ourselves or worshiping something else that now. We're left to like, oh, it's only God. But yet when you start jumbling into, I like bumping this or I want this to be sounding a certain way. Why isn't that not like that? We start going back slowly mm -hmm. and then that starts influencing us back to that way. You know what's uh, funny? My wife and I had a conversation. And I have a couple more points uh, to uh, later on in a bit. But my wife and I were talking, having a discussion about that where I remember throwing away all my like I had that moment where it was just like I realized and I understood that the music that I was listening to was giving worship and devotion to something other than God 
And so I was like, I'm done. So I was driving down, um, I'm not going to name the street, but I was driving down a street where it was like one lane going, one lane coming. I know the street. And you, John knows the street. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it was a bunch of trees and stuff. And I literally just put down my window. Like I rolled down my window like this. And I was just chucking CD after CD after CD out the window. And I would like, as I'm driving, I don't advise this, right? But I'm looking at the CD. I'm like, yep, chuck. Chuck, chuck, boom. And I just threw out all my CDs. And I remember telling you about I was like, I threw them all out. I said, no, I, I understand where the devotion's going to. But little by little, you start to get comfortable to where now, you know what I'm saying? Even my music collection now, you would be like, really? You got Earth, Wind, and Fire up in that piece? Have you seen the album cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire? Do you see the, yeah. all the Egyptian influence in that music and, and, and so forth? Um, and... Uh, and it's almost like, I think in some respect, you you either mature enough to understand it and and uh, and you're able to uh, discern, have a discernment about mm-hmm. it. And in another sense, there's some music that can be seen as pure art. And that's what I was about to say. And yeah. you know, and, and I think e- regardless of the motivation of the individual, right? Because there's clothing items that we wear that their mo- the motivation of the individual was not of god like a lot of the things that we have yeah the the, intent the haircuts that we have some of the devices that we have apple you know what i'm saying like this is clearly clearly the apple bitten apple expand your mind you talk you look at the marketing from early on in apple's campaign it was about being in line with uh anti-christianity that's what it was but i use apple devices because it's because it works amazing, and in spite of the intent, I'm going to use it to g- glorify God, right? So, so I can, I can, you know, I can, I can make spin on it, right? But my wife and I were talking about it because we were like, man, when I was younger and I was single, listening to uh to like Boys to Men or some kind of R&B was dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm thinking of sexual thoughts and I'm thinking about and I'm arousing all this in interest in my heart and my you know genuine you know ride that pony whatever you know what I'm saying like it's all bad you know from that from that context Mm -hmm. but now that I'm married in a marital setting if I want to listen to some (laughs) R&B to ignite some (laughs) sexual situation it should be okay because it's under the banner of marriage right so so I think uh, I think there's a certain sense of maturity and discernment for some of those pieces, but is not to ignore the fact that everything that we're talking about, where when you have subliminal messaging, when you're not uh, uh, when you when you intent intentionally ignore what some of the messages are, um, you put yourself in a very dangerous situation, uh, you know, to 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 get influence on that. So it kind of um, so. Um like in the occult, the, the reason I was asking you earlier about that was that like if someone's trying to um, not not just secular music or music uh, that's popular, right, of the world, right? Um, but like if somebody wanted to use in the occult music in a spiritual sense, is there any words or would it just be a certain frequency to take you to an alternated state? I mean, it's both. Mostly now, it's uh, a lot of chanting. So we see that a lot in hip-hop where you can have, uh, I mean, you, you've you seen this. Some people make fun of it. But um, I think, Mike, I showed you the video where you have, uh, like, an old-school Rihanna song where it's, like, you could just see it as a normal, like, oh, it's a chorus. It's Ella, 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 A. But yet, you go translate it through Hebrew. It's, like, no God, oh, like no God, Like the Lady no Gaga God. song with yeah. the ra, whatever, you know. You yeah. think it's nothing. You think it's nothing, yeah. but the thing is, it's certain key words, 
And that's why I've said you don't look just specifically at the, the message. Yes, you can get mature enough to say that's art. Like, I strongly believe that. Like, you'll have artists, they, they'll come up to them and, like, for example, Andy Minio, he had an interview where they asked him, do you listen? And he's like, yeah, listen for creative purposes, like, to see what's going on in the culture. But necessarily, it doesn't mean you believe strongly what's going on right. in that. But if you're repeating that chant, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, like, um, what I'm really trying to say is that, like, in the occult, um, usually it's, like, they use music to really take them to an alternate state. The verse that you were talking about, it's basically singing hymns always. And, and the Bible verse that I said previously was, you know, uh, whatever... Um, is pure whatever is lovely think of those things mm -hmm. and the bible it also talks about like just continue let it be on your tongue yep. always just talking so the power in in the christian realm the power is in the lyrics the power is in not chanting not vain repetitions as the bible puts it do not be like the heathens yes. who do vain rep repetitions in the occult side it's the polar opposite yes. it's the vain repetitions it's the the um, alternated state of whatever frequency they're trying to to get to, you know what I mean? So you can see the clear-cut difference mm -hmm. of even on a spiritual level, the mm -hmm. power in the words. And so for a person that's listening to this podcast that says, oh, I don't really listen to the words, I just listen to the beat, that's a very dangerous situation because that the power is in the words. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, um, absolutely. You know, um, my wife, to go back to kind of like that, that influence that you're not uh, certain of, my wife, uh, the other day she was telling me, she's like, I have to admit something. So I was like, what happened? She's like, um, I, I watched this, uh, this horror uh, or this, uh, it wasn't like horror movie. It was more, it was like a, a demonic like a movie. Yeah, no, it, was, it was like pure demonic movie. And she's like, type, like, something like that. Yeah. So she was like, you know, I, I, I saw it. I got tempted by it. I love that. You know, I used to love that type of movies. And so she's like, I just, um, I, I watched it. And, uh, and she didn't tell me until a few days later. But she told me she watched it. And that night, I didn't know she watched it. I went to sleep early that day. Uh, went upstairs, went to bed. I woke up at 2, two or 3, 2 o'clock in the morning that night. Couldn't sleep the whole night. And I woke up completely. I was completely awake. Completely oh, yeah, yeah. awake. From zero to 100? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Zero to 100, completely awake. Two o'clock in the morning. My eyes were wide open. I was up, up. Mm. Up, as you can imagine. And I look up at the ceiling. I was like upset because I was up. I was like, I got to work in the morning. I was like complaining in my head. Mm -hmm. And I look up at the ceiling and I see an image of, uh, and this is, again, kind of going back to what John said. Like, this is, I'm not one of those dudes that, that talks like this, you know, what, what word did you use? Oh, fantastical. Fan, yeah, like I don't use this. this, this <laughs> Hypogetical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hypogetical, illusional. You know, I don't, I don't use that. But what I experienced was real. And I looked up and I just saw the image was, was like, a, like, a, like a character, almost like a cartoon character in the ceiling. The, the ceiling was open and there was, it was a portal and this little character thing was was like holding an umbrella hanging in the balance between <laughs> in the ceiling between the portal universe whatever that was it was going to and my house like mary poppins and yeah it was like but it was a little character a little cartoon character just floating in between and then there was this other character next to it that was just kind of like like pulling at it this way 
And it was just, that's all I saw. Literally. And it was as bright as almost this room. That little image. And I was like, am I asleep? I looked at my wife. She's there. <laughs> you slapped yourself. No, I was up. <laughs> so I, I grabbed my phone. I touched my phone. looked at my phone. Boom. I was like, yeah, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I looked back up. The image is still there. I didn't freak or nothing. I was just like, man, now I'm awake. I didn't even think anything of it. So I told my wife. She didn't say anything. Next day, I believe it was the next day, she was like, hey, I got to admit something. I watched this movie during that day. And when I turned on the movie, I had this conviction over, over putting it on. And it was very demonic. It wasn't just like, you know. Regular. It wasn't just like, ah, like, oh, <laughs> scary and running away yeah, and, yeah. you know, somebody crawling through your TV. She was like, no, it was chance. Like Chucky or what? It was, it was, yeah. She was like, it was like, it was like reading of demonic books and all this stuff. Like it was actual like demon yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I had mentioned in a previous um, uh, podcast was the reason why I had stopped watching those movies is because the logic is, is, uh, you know, when you look at movies like to make it real, you have to study it. You have to become it. So like for, for Will Smith to do Ali, the role of Ali effectively, he had to like become Ali. He, like had to, a method actor, he had to yeah. study his movements. He had to like speak with him. He had to watch his tapes. He had to he had to repeat the way he talked. He had to his mannerisms, his body. He had to transform who he was to become Ali to evoke that on the screen. What difference is it when you're trying to evoke demonic realm to the to the viewer, if not but become it? It's the same thing. It's gonna take the same uh uh uh, uh methods, right? And so uh, that's the reason why I did, right? So she mentioned it, boom, image, I see all that stuff. Long story short, the reason why I bring that up here is because the things that you are not aware of doesn't mean it doesn't impact you. Mm -hmm. And in this case of what I'm talking about, I wasn't even the one that watched the joint, and I was the one who was impacted by it. Fast forward, I didn't sleep that night. Had like a terrible day the next day. And my wife tells me that's what happened. It's, it's just... Is it coincidental? No. Super interesting that it happened. Definitely prayed about it. Said we're protected. But that spiritual encounter was real. And even if you are the person who's not influenced by what you're listening to or what you're watching, the people around you are certainly going to be experienced mm -hmm. or are going to be impacted. And it's very important that you're aware of that, that even if, you want to play ignorance, it's going to impact you or the people around you more than you know. And in the culture that we live in today that's all about me, you forget about the people who are around you and how much it's going to impact them. On the other uh, side of that spectrum, positive, uplifting music that glorifies and worships Amen. Yes. God yep. continually will put you at a state where you'll continually the opposite. So instead of fear, instead of all these emotions it puts you in a place where so continual well because so you're continuing opposite. to renew your mind yeah. being reminded of setting the atmosphere to to present back to god and um and you know just just kind of to to almost come to a conclusion even when we talked about the rhythm and so forth um you know i would dare to say there are congregations that when we talk about like that that moment or that time of worship sometimes that you know the beats and the rhythms get you in a place where you think you're worshiping god because you're like pumped about something it's like jesus 
right? But you listen to the lyrics in some of even what we deem Christian music. Some of those lyrics are very self-centered. Very much about me instead of about him. More uplifting of me and more petitions about what my needs are than glorifying and reflecting on who he is. That is the biggest blessing we can have. Which is uh, something also that um, some artists like to argue about saying that he's given me this gift, but I'm using it to like encourage others, but yet they don't direct it to, to say, for example, to him. So it's all about just focusing on me, making my career, because he gave it to me, and I'm using what God gave me. So I'll just throw in one song about God, and then the rest would just be like two. I mean, I think career. I'm a byproduct, like um, like that story I told about DC Talk. I didn't know who they were, but it sounded so good. It sounded almost like stuff that I would hear on the radio, and that was the thing that kind of drew me. So like, um, there's a lot of people out there that might be affected. So I I can't say it's good or bad, but I was a testament. It, it, to it's tough, you know. It's like this fine line because I think my belief is, you know, if God has given me the talent, um, I don't necessarily have to put in my lyrics. You know, John four twelve <laughs> says that I don't have to do that mm-hmm. for it to be uh, worship to God. Like it can be the nature and and the manner in which I do it is the mm-hmm. is worship to God, but. Um, you know, I think when when you we just have to be mindful of every circle that we are, that we are influenced at every turn. Mm-hmm. And it almost sounds like when we do these podcasts, you almost have to walk around with your hands up, right? Mad guarded. Mm-hmm. But you, you kind of do. Yep. We, we kind of need to always be guarded because we're at war. This is not a, a place where, we're, you know, this is rest time and it's enjoyment time. There is spiritual warfare every day for our attention, for our affection, to draw us away from worshiping and glorifying God and to worshiping and glorifying ourselves, the world, and Satan. Well, the things that you were mentioning is also in the Bible, right? Uh, Do not have, like... um Pride of life, different things like that. Right. right. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And it's not of the world. Which you were mentioning. Right. It is not of the Father, but of this world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But those who trust in the Lord o- obey Him, right? They're mm-hmm. obedient to Him. They, they seek after Him. And that's what, who we need to be. Mm-hmm. People who seek after God, who love God, who want, who, who are mindful. And we're at war. And when we're not diligent and we become sluggish, Yep. It's apparent in our prayer life. It's apparent in our ability to even attend a, a, a uh, uh, to congregate with other believers. It's, it becomes difficult to like lift your hands and say, God, thank you for this day. I praise you. I love you. Uh, to I- initiate a conversation with a non-believer to say, hey, you know, I, I evangelize. Like it becomes very difficult because of the things that we have devoted our time to. And we've we've divided ourselves to not glorify God, but to glorify ourselves, the world and to glorify Satan himself. Mm -hmm. So we put ourselves in a very peculiar position when we do that. And it's dangerous. And we're at war. We're at war. And sometimes we think of ourselves too mature. So like back to what we were saying, like mature in the sense that, oh, I know I know where I stand. So I could still listen to God knows me or my favorite is only God could judge me. Uh, but the reality is you don't want God judging you <laughs> like you want people people yep. judge me. You want people to let me know and but, point me but in the right direction. that's a very popular thing. I used to say when I before I even understood what that was, mm-hmm. you know, Tupac had a song only God could judge me, you know. 
So <laughs> and I may know all the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I actually do. <laughs> no, but the, the the reality is like people can use that 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 phrase only God could judge me, but that's not something you really kind of want, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So uh, so we've gone over time. You know, this topic is definitely a deep one. Um, thank you to uh, the uh, the person who requested this episode. We appreciate you very much for requesting the episode. Uh, we won't say your name unless you want it to be shouted out. So we're not going to shout you out just for, I guess, confidentiality purposes. Uh, but if we would love to definitely shout you out if you wanted us to. Uh, thank you so much for requesting. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on a ton of platforms. Um, we're on well, I mean first off you can email us at yes. at gmail.com if you want us to actually talk about a topic and that's how the request came in not through proofbeyondreason at gmail.com but someone messaged us on Facebook because we're also on Facebook we're also on Facebook so hit us up on Facebook if you want to hear a particular topic we're more than happy to, to entertain it if you want to see our beautiful faces <laughs> you can see us on YouTube as well YouTube on YouTube Instagram you see us on Facebook uh, and iTunes SoundCloud so forth uh, so thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Definitely, I think in conclusion, to kind of wrap things up, uh, guard your heart. Realize that that uh, there are things out there that want uh, are your attention. They want your affection. They want to draw you away from worshiping God. And even even to the degree that you know, uh, as you're even listening to to uh, to music that would be deemed Christian music, just to guard your heart would be to filter out some of the music, listen to the lyrics, and make sure that it is, in fact, glorifying God because we're talking about your spirit. We're talking about your soul. We're talking about um, uh, who you are in Christ. And so uh, make that something of highest priority because it's very important uh, for your spiritual health. So um, so we love you guys, and thank you so much, and uh, and we'll catch you around. This is uh, Mike the Baptist, JMO Geology. See ya. <laughs>